So there I was, alone, in the middle of the Mojave Desert, in an old broken down trailer, in a hundred degree heat, wondering what the heck I've done with my life. Then one day Eddie and his wife Angela showed up, invited me over for some authentic tacos, a couple of beers, and let me swing on their hammock. As I sat there watching the sunset over the desert, I realized, you know what, this place isn't so bad. That's the kind of person that Eddie is. He spent his life helping other people. He served 22 years in the United States Air Force and then spent over a decade working for the Veterans Administration helping out veterans. Today, he runs his own charity, One Vet, One Voice, and he's the sole operator of the Veterans Film Festival. He'd be hard-pressed to find a more authentic human being. In this episode, Eddie and I discuss some of the issues facing veterans today from homelessness, PTSD, sexual assault, drugs and alcohol problems, and everything in between. We also discuss his work with the Veterans Film Festival and some of the amazing films that can be seen this year. It's my great pleasure to introduce to you my good friend, Eddie Ramirez. Well, my name is uh, Eduardo Eddie Ramirez. I was born and raised in San Francisco. I went to Mission High School in San Francisco, San Francisco State then San Jose State. I was studying electrical engineering and uh, was working at NASA Ames Research Center. And I got burned out and uh, joined the Air Force. 22 years later, three career fields, four base closures, and 14 moves. I retired in 2003 with my last base being Edwards Air Force Base. I know something about that place. You know something about that. <laughs> I wonder how. <laughs> and um, eventually I started one Vet, One Voice, which is a nonprofit organization that serves veterans. I also founded the San Francisco Veterans Film Festival, which we are in our ninth year now. The Air Force was probably the best thing ever in my life, besides getting married and my kids. And I love the Air Force. I mean, I'd go back in a heartbeat if they take me. But So I kind of like to start to jump right into the film festival. I think I watched at least a little of every movie. Some of them are hard to take because they touch on some pretty deep stuff. Film festival, like you said, touches on subject matters that help educate the public on some of the issues that our veterans face, from military sexual trauma to suicide to PTSD, you name it. And the whole purpose is to educate the civilian population and the military and, and the veterans on everybody, really, on issues that our veterans face, because there's a lot of issues out there that people don't know about what our military and veterans have to deal with when they when they get out or even while they're on active duty, you know, right. dealing with the with the VA and and going through that maze. Yeah. I'm pretty much, you know, I'm a staff of one and and I assist my fellow veterans in any way I can because I've experienced that myself, you know. So um I have firsthand knowledge to assist my fellow veterans. That's great. Let's maybe talk a little bit, you know, maybe somebody listening or probably a lot of people listening aren't vets and they don't, maybe they only get the ideas from what people have told them or what's the movies they've seen, but there's some pretty glaring problems that I think most veterans deal with. Um, and then there's some that are common that are really heavy things that they deal with. But the problems they face once they separate, especially the career ones, they get out. And it seems like the sense of purpose is suddenly gone. The identification is gone. They get out. They had a, they had a rank. They had a unit. They've got all this history and a, and a mission. They get out. And it's like now what? Nobody even cares. 
people don't know the difference between a private and a general in the civilian world. They just, it's just poof. Your rank doesn't mean anything. Being an officer doesn't mean anything. Being an NCO doesn't mean anything. What branch you were in, they think everyone in the Air Force flies a plane. I mean, and so then they get out and it's all of a sudden the ID is kind of gone and the mission is definitely gone. I think that leads to an identity crisis for a lot of people. And unfortunately, I think that's a big factor of starting a lot of the uh, drug and alcohol problems. What do you think? Uh, most definitely. Uh, and, we're, and we're just touching on a small portion of what we have to deal with. I mean, right. yeah, uh, you know, while you're active duty, you're, you have responsibility, you have a mission, you're in charge of many people and hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're that you're responsible for and when you get out you don't have that while you're active duty i mean you have a tempo that's high you 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 kind of go from you know basic training and you start rising and you go start moving up in rank and you got an energy and you got you know responsibility and you're up at this high point and you stay like that for a long time so it's very hard to come back down off of that, right. you know, and that's not in including combat or seeing your brothers or your sisters die in front of you and having to deal with stuff like that on top of everything else. No wonder there's a lot of issues with our veterans because a lot of the young men and women that, you know, three decades of war, you know, we have a whole generation that have served, you know, and many of them in combat that are 20-something and, and have to go through that. And then they have a lifetime of issues that they're dealing with. You know, they get out and, and a lot of them don't know that they can apply for benefits with the VA. You know, uh, a lot of them start drinking and alcohol and, you know, um, there's a lot of issues that come with that. And, and many of our, our veterans end up homeless. You have a scale of, of homelessness to CEOs and everything in between. You know, our veterans come in all shapes, sizes, colors, and there's some that could deal with the issues that they faced in the military and are very successful. You know, have their own business, are working for Fortune 500 companies. And some you see on the side of the road asking for money. There's a lot of inconsistencies. And the DOD and the VA don't have their act together where there's a smooth transition between the DOD and the VA. Well, yeah, and it's not my intention to be spending my effort here dogging the VA, but the VA, the benefits you talk about, it's a nightmare process. It's gotten a lot better over the years. Yes. But yeah. It's those claims are claims for life most of the time. You just fight. And anyone who's listening to this podcast, a veteran told me years ago, and nothing could be truer than this. The mantra is appeal, appeal, appeal. You just got to keep fight, fight, fight. But I've represented Vietnam vets that are still fighting for benefits from obvious things that happened in Vietnam. And they're still getting denied, like Agent Orange stuff still going. I mean, Agent Orange from the 60s, come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm not knocking the VA because I worked for the VA. I retired from the VA. So I know the system. The VBA has come a long way from, from having regional offices 
for you to file your claim to now a central location where all claims go to the central location. And, you know, at one point, you had one region that was so backlogged and other regions that weren't. So now by centralizing it, all regions tap into to that to help alleviate some of that pressure of the claims. And on the bright side, I mean, I, it's gotten way, way better than it was 15, 20 years ago. Have someone else handle your claim, preferably a lawyer, because they can take that emotional stress out of the equation for you. Because I can tell you, like, having filed my own personal claim, when they accuse you of being a liar, it gets the emotions going. It does. And then, you know, you get so aggravated with them and and you go to those C&P exams and they're not always nice to you either. I've had a couple of really nasty people that I've actually filed complaints about, but it's important to stick with it, appeal it and hire somebody else. They only get the money if you win your claim, which eventually you will. Those are the two big points, I think, is get someone else who does this for a living to help you and stick with your claim and appeal it. Yeah. And there's several organizations that could help you with your claim. I mean, here in California, every county has a county veteran service officer. Their sole purpose in life is to help veterans file their claims. Not only that, but there's a Wounded Warrior Project. They're like 88 or 98% efficiency rate for filing and getting claims. You have the American Legion. You have Disabled Veterans of America. Mm -hmm. You have all these service organizations that have a branch that handles veterans' claims for free, uh, represent you. And if you think about it, you know, if you file a claim and you have 100,000 people behind that organization filing that claim, you know, the VA is going to look at that and say, hey, maybe we ought to take a look closer on this person's claim, you know, because they they have lobbyists that are in in Washington that are supporting veterans and and helping to legislate to get things done for veterans. It's good to know. So there's a lot of organizations that are out there. And now, not only that, but there's e-benefits where you could file a fully developed claim right online too, you know. But a lot of veterans don't know about this stuff. Right. You know? Well, and the problem is, like you say, the homeless situation is different because they don't have a cell phone, they don't have an address, the mail gets lost. Even if you have a permanent address, half the time you don't get the mail. They say they mailed it, but maybe they didn't. Then you miss your deadline, and then you got to file an appeal, and and they don't have access to computers. They got to go to the public library. They got a PO box. It's it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. But how has the VA helped in that situation? Like, if you were a homeless vet, what would you do? Of course, you have the hospitals, and then you got the community-based outreach clinics or the C box. A lot of the C box will allow veterans to have the mail go to them to the C-Box, and a veteran will go into the community-based outreach clinic and get their mail from there. Uh, so if you're homeless, that that's an, uh, uh, an opportunity for you to be able to get your mail at a community-based outreach clinic within the VA. So if, they, um, if, they, if you're a homeless vet listening to this, what where, who should you contact? The VA. The, there's a number, a phone number that you could reach out to. It's 1-800-827-1000. 1-800-827-1000. And if you call that number, you could ask the VA any question you want, and they'll direct you to the right spot. They could direct you to any of the services that you might need. And if you are in crisis, there's a veterans crisis line. It's 1-800-273-8255, and then you press 1. And I think that one, that's a 24-hour number. That's a 24-hour, yeah. So that's a veteran crisis line.
so yeah, the the VA is trying to get their act together, and they've come a long way. They're getting better. I mean, yeah, have, I agree with you. They are. You know, they hire they hire a lot of veterans too. There's a uh, you know the our feds hire vets where um, if you are a veteran. Uh, that has certain campaign ribbons, and you meet the minimum qualifications of the job, the the VA or any federal agency could hire you non-competitively if you meet the minimum qualifications. And if the agency allows or, or if the agency elects to use that special hiring authority. So the federal government has special hiring authorities to hire veterans non-competitively. Just the other day, I had a, a, a member from the uh, Food and Drug Administration send me an email saying, Eddie, I want to use my special hiring authorities to hire a veteran. So I put the word out and I had a couple of veterans that um, that used to work for me and I uh, referred them. And one of them got hired as a, as a GS-11, nice. which is about $90,000 a year. Fantastic. I'd like to talk about your film festival. Well, it started nine years ago. Um, the last five years, I've had the San Francisco Public Library support me with the film festival. They provide the theater free of charge and they'll show the films at the library will typically have the film festival around veterans day and it's a two-day event after the first day we'll have a reception at the um, san francisco art gallery and we'll have food and and a a photo booth so and, and everything is free you know all i ask for is donations but this year it's a bit bit different because of covid you know we're trying to do the film festival virtually it's called the san francisco veterans film festival yeah uh and and i'm actually changing the name the thought is to take it mobile to denver to to seattle uh to wherever you gotta come to tampa tampa then we just add this this the city there so it, it will be called the tampa veterans film festival the detroit veterans film festival yeah. So basically, so, you're going to own the the name Veterans Film Festival, and then such a right. city in front. That's yes. great. Yeah, yeah. Do you know if there's any other anybody else doing any of these? You know, there is not. Unbelievable. There is not, but there is one one other outfit in Australia that started doing a Veterans Film Festival. So yeah. I don't know. I might sue them and say, "Hey, you're using my name." What's the mission? is to provide a unique forum for veterans to find expression, healing, and community while increasing the public awareness of the multitude of challenges facing our nation's military veterans. Very nice. So let, and, me, let me toot your horn a little bit. The folks listening out there, Eddie's doing this all by himself, and he can use any help that he can get, and he's not making any money off of it whatsoever, right, Eddie? That is correct. He's just doing out of the, the goodness of his heart, and he's a good man, and he's trying hard, and he's overwhelmed. He, he needs help, so anybody's listening, and get in contact with Eddie and, and give him a hand. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, they can reach me at 415-244-7100. And what's your email address? Email address would be sfveteransfilmfestival at gmail.com. Like I said, I've, I've never done a virtual film festival, so I'm learning as I go. <laughs> this could be a blessing in disguise, though, because now the, the whole world can can take a look at these films, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Super you know? cool. Um, and- we had 40 submissions, mm-hmm. 
And of the 40 submission, I selected 20 films. And then the event is the week of Veterans Day. You know, we're going to show the, the, the film festival the entire week uh, from the 8th through the 14th. What I'll do is I'll upload the films on there and, and people will have to get a ticket, which will get their, that will be their access to the films. And then they could watch them anytime. Uh, but it's all free. You don't have to pay anything. And, and, and they could get a lot of the updated information on sfveteransfilmfestival.org. And so I've, I've seen the films. They're tough issues, a, a lot of them. I mean, these are real issues. This right. about veterans, you know, suicide, PTSD, sexual assault. There's a, a film on war crimes. Some of these can be, they hit home. Yeah. And, and like I said, the whole purpose is to educate the public. Yeah. Issues, you know, uh, these are issues that are not mainstream. So, I mean, you know, this is a way to help let the community, let the, let the civilians know what our, our, our veterans and our military have to deal with at times, which was, can be pretty powerful. Yeah, it can. This one called Peace Together was a, a couple that met in Vietnam in the, in the med group and they go back to Vietnam and they're, elderly people now and they go back to find a sense of peace and they documented their trip back to Vietnam. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good, a good film. I mean, uh, um, we, we've shown several films about Vietnam. If you go to the website, sfveteransfilmfestival.org, uh, you could see many of the films that, um, that we've shown in the past. And of course I have an archive of every film that I've shown in the past. But if you want to reach out to any of the filmmakers for a copy of their of their um, of their film, I mean, you could just send me an email through the site, and um, I could connect you with the with the director, and uh, you could purchase a film. What are the requirements to submit a film for next year? American veteran or military, or or if, or if it's a veteran that's making the film. Okay. Well, there's different categories. You got documentary, you got shorts, you got featured films. When you go into Film Freeway, it gives you all the requirements of, of, of your submission. sfveteransfilmfestival.org has a lot of the information. There's one in particular called Back from the Brink about vet suicide. That was, that was pretty powerful, too. Tell, tell them the dates again. Uh, November 8th through the 14th. My, my, my favorite one, this one just completely blew me away. I mean, this is, without exaggeration, it may be just about as good of a movie as I've seen this year, is that minor accident of war. It's only like a six-minute animated movie. Oh, yeah. That one was mind-blowing. Yeah. Tell them about that, was, that one. Yeah, that was the, the bomber pilot that got shot down, the right. navigator. Yeah. They raft. Yeah. Yeah, and it's animated. It's animated, and it's not like Pixar type of animation. It's no. it's a good yeah. kind of like almost a crude form. Like a, it kind of reminds me of like I think it's in black and white, isn't it? And it's kind of like a black and white Pink Floyd the Wall sort of thing. Right, right. Man, it's powerful though. And the actual person speaking yes. is the person that got shot down. Yeah, I know that that that's a genius, and how he how he conveys this story. Edward Field, right. 95-year-old World War II veteran. He got yes. shot Got shot in 1945 at 20 years old. Field was the navigator in the 8th Air Force 
on the third mission over Germany's plane lost all four engines. I don't want to boil the rest of it, yeah. but man, that's just unbelievable, that movie. Yeah, yeah. That gentleman narrates it, and so the authenticity in it, it's just unbelievable. And and I, and, he, and I looked him up because I was so impressed, and he's he's like a lifetime poet. I'm telling you, the guy's gifted, and I just can't believe I never heard of him until now. I Like, I'm dying to see what else he's done because – yeah, I wish yeah. I could get in touch with that guy. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, there's a. I mean, there's there's been some great films that I've shown in the past that that have blow your mind. It, it would de- de- definitely blow your mind, man. These these are some some very gifted filmmakers, and uh, and I'm honored to be able to show their their work and to have a platform like this to be able to do that is, you know, it's uh, it's gratifying, but it's a lot of work. I got my own issues that I'm dealing with, and um, sometimes it's it's hard to to get out there and, and and put all your energy into something, you know, when you have other issues that you're having to deal with, and well, you have a passion for something, you do it, you know, and um, you know you pay it forward. You're helping other people people through your your festival, so I mean you're putting good karma out there one way or the other. So you know, you never know how it touches people, you know, just because you. You may or may not hear from people, but I hear some great things from people. I'm sure you have on the festival, but just because you haven't heard, you may have touched somebody out there that they didn't tell you, but man, you might've made it yeah. back. Those films, yeah. I mean, powerful stuff in those films. You know, it is. And it takes an emotional toll on me having to look at the films and select and go through the process, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it can be taxing on you. And, uh, you know, hopefully when I die, the pearly gates will open wide for me because I'm doing something good. <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> if know? they don't let you in, they're not letting me in either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and if you get there before me, oh, come on, let them in. <laughs> <laughs> you bring your chili with you. Huh? <laughs> they have to have hot sauce there. <laughs> These are yeah. These are some pretty powerful films, man. Ocean Station November is a, it, it's you know Pan Am flight in distress and crash lands. The ship helps recover everybody and nobody nobody dies. Amazing, you know. Never hear about stuff. No, you never hear about it. You never hear yeah. about it. But that's this is exactly the kind of stuff I'm personally trying to find are these lost stories uh, of vets that you'll never hear about. But then when you do, it's like, well, like take that story. I never heard about that, but it's an amazing yeah. thing. You would not, you wouldn't, I didn't know about it, but for the film festival yeah. and that minor accident of war, for example, I mean, the title alone, it's a minor accident of war. It's like supposedly a minor thing that happened, but phew, you know, people lost their lives. I know. It's affected, you know, families for life you know yeah oh yeah um you know there's a several attempts to try to capture some of these stories make the connection filmmakers went out to interview veterans and their stories you could actually go to make the connection website look up virtual virtually any subject matter and you'll have a vet talking about it whether it's ptsd or military sexual trauma but it's an attempt to try to capture some of these stories by veterans for veterans you know so it's make the connection the library of congress 
as a uh, program where you could actually record your story. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Library of Congress and um, nice and have it, uh, uh, you know, on record for life. So there's several attempts that are trying to capture those stories. Um, and the film festival is just one of those avenues that tries to put it out there for people on the big screen. You know, we don't think about this too much now, but like I, I, I read a lot of history and like ancient history is the one I've been getting into lately. And, you know, we still have all these volumes of like biographies written by Roman soldiers. And, you know, when they're writing them, they probably weren't thinking much about it, but then you just never know 500, a thousand years down the road, that kind of a database at the library of Congress, that stuff's all going to get digitized and put into some massive database that we can't even imagine. And it'll be more of a living history for people in the future to understand us. Yeah. Yeah. We don't think about it much now, but you know, we're, we're making history ourselves and, for sure. That, I mean, it's that, that documents say, like you putting together these, the, the film festival, you're creating a historical archive. And now with the digital age, man, you can digitize a lot of the stuff and it's, it's, a, it's a permanent record. You know what the problem is? One day they're going to make uh, holographic copies of us because of this video. <laughs> <laughs> with our backgrounds. <laughs> yes, they will. Yeah, just, just make sure when they hologram me that you put me 100 pounds lighter <laughs> <laughs> so I look good forever I, I went to a, a photography studio for like a headshot for the, like a law website and, uh-huh. I, and I was like oh, you know I'm getting a little crow's feet here and uh, I don't like yeah, that wrinkle yeah. there hey can you make me look younger and, and lose weight he goes yeah he's like watch this do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm like hey I like that version better <laughs> but then it kind of looks a little fake matter of fact <laughs> have you ever heard of Evan, Evan Williams bourbon oh well tell him about it I have because you told me but tell, tell the folks well, one day I get I get a, a phone call and a package that comes in that I have been selected uh, as one of the American-made heroes for the Evan Williams program. They actually uh, etched my face on the side of the Evan Williams bottle with that's, my write-up. That's great. And they gave me uh, uh, some money for my nonprofit, the Evan Williams American-Made Hero Edition of. 6,500 nominees, only six got selected, and I was one of them. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. You so, need I to mean, save one of those bottles unsealed, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, sealed. Leave it sealed. Yeah, that, that's what I'm, I'm – I gave one to my son and one to my daughter and yeah. drank one. <laughs> I'm going to open up another one for my birthday up in Yosemite. <laughs> All right, well, do me a favor. Save save at least one trago for me because when I get to see you next, I want a trago. I will definitely. I will definitely. I will, uh-huh. I will have a, a sealed bottle for my archive, and then I'll have one for my good friends to take a sip. Sounds good. And we'll have some tacos because the best Mexican yeah. food in the world is in California. Yes, sir. <laughs> but the best Cuban food is in Florida. That's true. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we've got some good Cuban food. Yes, you do. Yes, yeah. you do. When I, in fact, when I was active duty, that's the thing I missed the most. I was like, oh, man. You know, it's funny, but a good Cuban sandwich from Publix. I was like, oh, good Cuban sandwich from Publix. <laughs> mm. 
or anyway. <laughs> but even Publix has some pretty good ones. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever come to Tampa, you got to have a, a, a Cuban sandwich. So, okay, let's wrap it up. The, the website again. Just go to sfveteransfilmfestival.org. sfveteransfilmfestival.org. And in the, the date of the festival one last time? It's going to be from the 8th through the 14th of November. And this is with the director's panel on the 12th of November. And then come probably t- towards the end of November, we'll open it up for 2021. The 10th annual Veterans Film Festival. I'd like to be there for that one. That would be good. That would, that be, would good. be good. Or we might even take the festival to Tampa. Even better. We'll need a venue. My 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 backyard. <laughs> Put a big screen. Have some tacos. I'll have a taco stand. Five dollar tacos. <laughs> and and the idea the idea about the traveling film festival is we take the the films that we showed this year and we take those on the road to different uh, cities throughout the country. And in one last calling all volunteers, this poor guy's doing this all by himself. So he got some spare time. Give the guy a hand. Just help promote it. If nothing else, tell your friends. It's a lot of work to put together any sort of project like that. So, I mean, yeah. hats off to everybody who did it, especially you. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So anything else you want to tell the, the audience? SFVeteransFilmFestival.org, November 8th through the 14th. And if you want to help out, my number is 415-244-7100. And if you know a veteran that needs help, 1-800-827-1000. That's the number to the VA call center. Okay. Or you can call me and I can guide you. Gracias. Ya sabes, señor. And remember, you know, I, I've always uh, said that mi casa es tu casa. Igualmente. So, so, you know, if you come out here, we'll set you up. <laughs> you can help me with the film fest. That would be great. <laughs> All right, man. I hope so. All right. All right. God bless. Take care. Thanks, man. Thank you. Right. Take care. All right. It's the day the lawyer podcast.